Coming up, Annette O'Toole joins Ileana in just a minute. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, it's the I Blame Dennis Hopper podcast, starring Ileana Douglas. Eavesdrop with Ileana as she interviews Hollywood's most prominent players about filmmaking, acting, and what really happens on the set of your favorite flicks and TV shows. Hi, everyone. I am Ileana Douglas. Welcome to the I Blame Dennis Hopper podcast. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Tamara Bird. Hey, everybody. You look very fresh as if you've just <laughs> returned from a fabulous vacation. Um, well, I did. And I was jealous of all the photos. I said, are you tinting these? And you said, no. Well, a couple of them, yes. I was in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, gorgeous. And um, went, it's gorgeous. oh, I have a present for you from Canada. Oh, well, let's stop the show immediately <laughs> so I can get a, but yeah, extend went, my birthday. I went paddle boarding month. and kayaking. I made jam. Oh, I love that. Um, I went hiking and walking. I made jam. I mean, I didn't go on vacation, but I made fig. Well, you know, I made the plum jam. Yes. And so then now I made, because it's a, it's a fight between me and my squirrels for my figs. Oh, of course. Oh, my God. It's uh, yeah. So I'm I'm I'm. Nobody knows this, but if you cut off the bite where the squirrel is and then make the jam, it's still good. Oh, okay. (laughs) Good thing you cook that stuff. No, no, I didn't bring. I didn't bring it. I only do it for. I wouldn't. I wouldn't subject anyone else uh, to that. So while you were away having a vacation, I've been deep doing research for uh, Trailblazing Women. We have a third season of that coming up. Uh, Yay. going to be doing a Q&A for a fantastic film called uh, Ingrid Goes West with Aubrey Plaza and uh, which is about uh, social media but I have to I always need a palate cleanser when I'm doing work for movies so last night about uh, you know one o'clock in the morning I discovered of human bondage the 1946 version there are three versions of this movie wow I always thought there was Two. Uh, there's one version, which is the 30s one with Betty Davis and uh, Leslie Howard. And then there's the 60s version, which used to air all the time when I was growing up with mm-hmm. Lawrence Harvey and Kim Novak. So I'm, I'm scrolling through TCM and, uh, and there is... I was like, wait a minute, 1946, Eleanor Parker. Now, Eleanor Parker is a, 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 an actress I love. She was a, a dancer and mm-hmm. uh, just a very you know interesting pretty woman married to robert taylor so i watched mm. this and uh, paul on reed and of course i was riveted i was up you know till three watching this movie it is based on the somerset mom uh and if anyone uh what i love about things like this is that you can always even if you're a movie buff you just discover something like, why haven't I seen this? Right. And then there are little puzzles, like it's directed by Edmund Goulding, who directed The Razor's Edge, which is one of my favorite films with Tyrone Power. Edmund Goulding also did uh, Nightmare Alley, which I love. So, And he's got this weird quasi-religious streak that he puts in all of his oh, movies. interesting. So sure enough, he puts it in, in this one. But it is the best version. If anybody likes the first, not too many people like the, the last one. But if anyone likes the first version, if anyone thinks that Betty Davis owns uh, the part of whose name is Mildred, which is weird, it's also like Mildred Pierce. Right. Uh, if if they think that she owns it, you've got to see uh, um, 
this performance because it's incredible. I, I, I was riveted uh, by Paul and Reed. It's the best performance I've ever, you know, that See, I've ever I seen. I think one movie. of the amazing things to do would be to sit and watch any movie with Ileana doing the sort of DVD commentary, um, but on the living room couch because she everything that she just so did good. with, you know, and then there's this parallel and then there's this parallel and you know this and then, and then you like pull out another DVD and stick that in and watch that scene from that movie. To, right. Because you can do that because you're so brilliant that way. I'm, I'm well, the, so amazed by you. I mean, the one interesting brain. thing is you have the internet too, so yeah. you can go, oh, a woman wrote this. Like I was, right. I was like, oh, a woman, who's this woman? And then I clicked on her, and then I was like, oh, she wrote the Bride Wore Red with right. uh, you know Joan Crawford. Right. So that sort of ties in a little bit to my trailblazing women research. Um, but I just have to say uh, the the Paul on Reed is what I was just I was blown away. I, now Voyager, as my friends know, is like perhaps my favorite, one of again my top mm-hmm. ten. I love I, lo- I love him in that movie and he's in Casablanca. But uh, this movie is oh my god about this guy. This it, it's this tortured S&M he falls in love with this waitress you know and she ruins his life and it's you can't you just keep saying he's not going to do it but it's this depiction of this bondage that he is in boy I I got it more than any other wow uh, any other film depiction of the story and the movie was so good that it actually made me want to go back now and read the book. The book, which mm. I have not read. I have read Somerset Maugham's mm-hmm. uh, The Razor's Edge, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic book. Mm-hmm. But I, it had the feeling as if this were closer to the novel. I don't know why. Maybe because it was so dark. It was right? so grim that it probably was more like the depiction. But it's interesting. There are parallels, again, with a good man trying to save a bad woman, which is the same parallel right. that is in the razor's edge there's a lot of interesting um uh parallels in in the film anyway and i know we've talked about this before i can't remember if if i've updated it recently but i think there is i'm sure there is a page on our website which is ilianaspodcast.com that has your film recommendations and some of your book recommendations as well so i will add that to it which i have to for our listeners and viewers they might just want to take a look at that oh if we and if we're gonna we're gonna talk in in a minute with uh, annette o'toole but let's uh let's put smile on i'm also doing a, a a documentary coming up on cult movies. Oh, fabulous. And, and a lot of the cult movies I discovered were on television, you know, because they'd be right. playing in rotation. And I rem- and that's how you would discover, you know, the hot rock. We've talked sure. about the hot, hot rock. rock. Um, and Smile. And you'd catch up. And even as a kid, you know, there was that favorite transition when you're a kid where you're just beginning to understand, like, well, oh, this is good there's something right. about this that's different and i always you know i i just remember seeing smile and 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 then if it was on again because it was such a big deal we didn't have a video thing right. like if it was on again or you'd have to tell a friend about it but smile just was such a you know was such a great uh film growing up um you know that i enjoyed um 
So why don't we why don't we bring that in? Yeah, please. I, I was going to talk about some other stuff, but we've we, we have, have so have so, so a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, Annette O'Toole, of course, you will recognize her from uh, Superman Three, Cat People, Forty Eight Hours. She was on television in Smallville, numerous uh, television shows. But of course, the uh, the most exciting thing is that in addition to having a long career in uh, theater and film she was nominated for an academy award Woo-hoo! which is very exciting and, and we love your husband too michael mckeon i love him most oh what a great love story <laughs> welcome uh, annette o'toole Hello. it was so funny you were gracious enough to do one of the readings for i blame dennis hopper and one of the cutest things was of course watching your husband <laughs> in the sit row first row just sit there and and beam at you. We're really fans of one another's, you know. Besides, it's amazing. It's kind of crazy. We, we like that's, each other more now. That's than my we fantasy ever relationship. Well, I just listen. It, there, I don't it, look for. It wasn't planned. It just Ugh. happened. We're it's, very lucky. Wait, and but you you. We'll get to that in a second, oh, okay. but you met, you know. <laughs> That's a you, little down the road. You okay. met all, all over the, <laughs> you, you met like a n- kind of number of times, your paths crossed. Well, many times, which yes. Is, which is kind of interesting, yeah. and I will I will get to that. Okay. But now, first I must ask you my favorite question. Do you remember the first movie you saw? You know, I don't remember. I, I, you grew we, up in we, Texas? I grew up in Houston, Texas, yeah. and there was a, a movie theater. It may still be there, the Eastwood Theater, which was right around the corner from us. So mm-hmm. I saw a lot of movies there, not first run all, all the time. Yeah. But I remember, I don't know if it was the Eastwood, but I remember seeing The Wizard of Oz because mm-hmm. they would show it, I guess, in movie theaters every once in a while. Uh-huh. And I was taken to wow. see it, and I don't remember this exactly. My mother said when, when Miss Gulch came out, who I called Miss Gotch. I don't like that Miss Gotch. <laughs> <laughs> I went under the seat. So it was like oh. this very violent... But I remember yeah. the first time I cried in a movie, which wasn't long after that. Uh-huh. Um, it was Carousel, when Billy Bigelow uh. fell on his knife. I, I, I was just weeping, and it was odd because I... Didn't realize I was that invested. I was like four yeah. or something. I didn't know I was that invested well, in Carousel it. Carousel is a very... I, I've seen it as an adult, and it's a really troubling movie. It's a terrible it's- story. We've got a hero who's not a real hero. Yeah. No, he's a bad guy. And the way it's shot, it's like the, these blues and the colors. Mm-hmm. It does look like a kind of a child's, you know, nightmare. It is kind of. Have you ever seen it on stage? No. It's I have really not. powerful on stage. I saw it when nobody knew who Audrey McDonald was yet. Uh-huh. I certainly I thought, "Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. This girl's got a, an amazing voice. Oh my god, who is this?" You know, it's one of those moments where like, wow. Yeah. Here's a star before she became the star she is. Uh, I, yeah, the uh, I, I, I was thinking of it because I remember when it played and it was playing in New York at mm-hmm. some point. But of course, I didn't. They've done a few, a few different versions. Yeah, and it's always, it, but but the the show, the stage uh, version is even darker, <laughs> and he's even a worse. I mean, he beats her up, know, and he's hard. It's like, how do you get behind this guy? I, you know, saw, like, I, I said I saw it. <laughs> I saw it sort of, you know, following like a movie like Oklahoma, and then you go into Carousel, I and I'm like, what is this movie? It's horrifying. It's I just, know. It's really, I can't think, except for Sweeney Todd, like how many shows are there where the hero or the heroine is like 
that. Yeah. In Sweeney Todd, you got Mrs. Lovett, too. That's She's true. No, no prize. Yeah. But this one is, yeah, that poor Judd is dead. It's just like. Oh, my a, God. You feel sorry for poor. Well, that's Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, oh. I'm, see, Judd I'm already mess, messing that's them up. That's okay. You know, they're all kind of. I think I saw them sort of back to back, so I would always confuse. Well, and the movies are the same two leads, so it's easy right. to, to get that confused. So yeah, that's that's probably. I'm gonna I'm gonna accept that. Yes, <laughs> that's my. So now, growing up in uh, in Texas, your your mom taught dance. Mm-hmm. I love I love to dance. What kind of dancing did she teach? Well, she and her sister had uh-huh. this school. I already it love a, it. It was a, sounds like a movie. It is a movie. I wrote a script about you it. Did? Actually, yeah, oh never my God. was never sold officially, but there was some interest. At one point, but um, could always try again. It was that. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I have the energy. You know, yeah. it's just too hard. Um, but it, it was a great exercise, and uh, sh- they taught everything. My mother was in charge of tap, acrobatic. Uh-huh. They both taught some ballroom dancing for a while. They have uh-huh. adults come in in the evening, and they do that way before any of this craze. Uh, and then my my aunt taught ballet and point. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, we had personality singing. Oh, I love that. What's, what, like, well, we did a lot of Shirley Temple oeuvre. Um, uh, what makes life... My mother and I were singing this in the car yesterday. Yes. What makes life the sweetest, bestest, and completest? It's not a big dollhouse or a Mickey Mouse, but the right somebody to love. I love Ice it. cream, cake, and cat. I mean, I could go on. Uh, <laughs> I love all that. That's what yeah. I, I grew up with that, too. The, uh, you know, I enjoy being a girl. Well, that's Flower Armstrong. That's another Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yes. There you oh. go. Oh, yeah. Being, being a, girl. a girl. That was my, uh, my uh, audition song for a very long time. It was? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. You're strictly. A, I know. Don't get me started. Female, with the, female. Oh, when people do. Have you ever seen a guy do that song? No, but I bet it's awesome. Oh, it's hysterical. <gasps> I remember at some point it that came in vogue uh, in the audition circuit. Yeah, and it's a killer. If you, if the right guy <laughs> does it well, it is just about the funniest thing. That's awesome. You know that you've that there's you've a, ever there's seen. this thing in New York they do every year. It's a fundraiser called Miss Cast. Uh huh. And you you oh. you go and you do something you would never be cast in. So Michael and I, this is years and years ago, oh, that went in fun. and did the Jet song from oh, West Side Story. Gosh. When you're a jet, you're a, and then we went into the some yeah. dialogue. Hey Tony, what's happening? You know, and um, and I remember Dennis O'Hare was there, and he yeah. did something from he did some girl, woman's song from oh, oh God it was something like all that jazz but anybody could see yeah. that that's what I'm think that's what I remember it was something from Chicago but anyway oh there you go well now I'm I'm off on that thinking of that <laughs> you should that's go a, do that show it's oh my really God that sounds, that, sounds, that sounds so much fun I would love that because you could do anything you want that you would never recast in. yeah mm-hmm. oh God. I like, that we that reminds me I'm drifting off my our questions. That's okay. But when I went to school at the neighborhood playhouse, Sanford Meisner was our teacher. Mm-hmm. One of the exercises that was our favorite exercise is that w- w- if we were if he didn't like the scene or he thought it was stale or something, you would do what he called like an I don't know why they called it an appendage, but you would add something crazy to the scene, like you had a limp or you had cool. a, you had a lisp or you had a Cuban accent and That's I, awesome. to this day like the, I always remember I mean I never remember laughing as hard in my life as like doing a streetcar named desire with a Cuban accent <laughs> or it, 
I'm telling awesome. you, it or like a crazy limp yeah. or a nervous laugh, you know. Well, that's very smart because those things are so freeing. Yeah. You it, know, you're not concentrated on this heavy duty yeah. work you're doing. You it know? just breaks up the, the text. It or does. another thing we would do is we would have to do it like a bad Shakespearean actor. <laughs> oh, that's an easy thing to do, uh, actually. But you do it like. We're also bad at that. <laughs> totally over the, like they forced you to do it and it was always hard at first because you were like I cannot do it yeah. you know, so it was like I can't be bad but it just forces you to yeah. go for it to go, and to yeah. say you know what I'm going to make an idiot of myself that's yeah. what we're doing every day anyway it's true you know the more you do that sometimes the better and you find stuff and it's at true. least it's entertaining for your friends well because what would always happen is you'd find yourself getting in a zone the class of course would be laughing yeah. cracking up and all of a sudden you'd slip into oh I, and and it would mm-hmm. you know and it would become well would my become teacher good. Peggy Fury was a mm-hmm. an, was some sort of associate of Sanford Meisner in fact I think she brought that out to L A brought uh-huh. his way yeah she was the you know the bringer the of guru, the, the guru the guru 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 s yes um and there were so many people here and we did I don't remember that exercise but I there uh. was an exercise called the portrait exercise do you remember no that? I don't know what's that one it was great you would take any you you go through either fine art or a photo or something yeah and you would at some point you would just be living your life it was like a like a what do they call it not sense memory but a you're just kind of living mm-hmm. in this world and at some point you would have to hit that pose and it could be a split second or uh-huh. it could be but you oh, would be like the that. person who was in that and I remember I did one that was some sort of girl on a bed or something I don't yeah. remember but. It was it was wonderful because yeah. it gave you the life before, during, and after mm-hmm. this picture, and it's what we're trying to do in our work. I loved acting school, and I failed many times. You know, like I do things that were, and sometimes people were so scared. I was That's I wrote about them. Learned. My book, people were so afraid, like yeah, of yeah. getting criticism from Sanford Meisner, that they wouldn't even go up. I know. And, you know, the fear that that holds people back is just that's awful. But he would always say, like, if you think this is bad, where do you get out? Exactly there, and that's and from what I understand he was I never knew him or, or studied with him but certainly Peggy they, she was so gentle yeah unless she sensed that it was somebody who really needed a talking to and then it was like it was never me because I was like oh, don't, don't say anything bad yeah but that's what a great t- acting teacher does too is they sense how someone will take in yeah what they have to get I, I felt all of his criti- criticisms were you know were were accurate um and you know, that we had other we had one teacher I won't ma- mention that wasn't very nice but mm. other than that my other teacher Richard Pinter who who was there too for many years I learned so much Phil Gushy was another great uh-huh. uh, teacher that I had so before you got so you're in 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 um, in Texas <laughs> yeah and you're and how does the movie Smile come about like were you doing theater before that I did a bit of theater in in uh, the first place I worked was the Alley Theater when I was a kid mm-hmm. in Houston. But we moved to L.A. because I, you know, my, my family felt I possessed this talent that the world needed to see. Really? Well, I wanted to be Gwen Verdon. I uh-huh. wanted to be a musical comedy God, who person. Wouldn't? Yes. She's the greatest. Oh, my God. Damn Yankees. Yeah, and everything else she ever did. And um, so we went to New York one summer, and, you know, we, we didn't have much money, and my mother, you know, was a dancing teacher. And, but uh-huh. my, my cousin wanted to go to art school. She wanted to go to the Art Center College of Design here in L.A. So they felt, well, let's try it for a year. You know, mm-hmm. she'll go do that, and I'll, you know, try to get work and stuff and te- learn, you know, study. And um, so I started going on auditions for 
acting jobs. Mm-hmm. And so this agent that we got through through a dancing teacher friend um, said, well, you really need to, to study acting. And so I tried a couple of classes, and it just wasn't for me. But I mm-hmm. walked into Robert Ellenstein's class. Robert Ellenstein is one of the, the, the guys who kidnaps Cary Grant in North by Northwest. Oh. He's, he's not the guy who's married to the woman. He's not the gardener guy. He's yeah. the other guy. Right. And he... I remember walking in, I was 17, and I, I, I had a huge chip on my shoulder. I just thought, I don't need this, I don't want this, I'm doing this because this guy says I have to do this. Uh-huh. And I walked out in love. I felt like, I mean, I could just feel myself changing while I was there, like my molecular structure was changing. Yeah. I thought, wow, this is amazing. So, I didn't under- know what this was. And mm-hmm. I just, something about him and the way he spoke and, and his gentleness just kind of intrigued me and and um so i started working on a lot of scenes blah blah blah. then i'm 18 and i can finally work as an adult because before that Mm -hmm. it was i did a lot of work but not a ton i did a lot of work but not a ton that makes no sense what i just said i did you're doing like tv things well i was a dancer still i did um i did the courtship of eddie's father i did my three sons i did uh, this this musical show that E.J. Peeker and Robert Morris had called mm-hmm. That's Life that was an original musical every week. Oh, my God. I was a dancer on that. Tony Randall was I a I want to see star. that. Is that on YouTube? You know, it probably is. I was only in the first three three Robert episodes, Morris. but Tony Mordente was the um, choreographer mm-hmm. who had been a, a Jed in West Side Story, married to Shudu yeah. Rivera. I mean, all these little connections. Yeah. So I did all that. And then I... Um, I got cast in um, uh, Promises, Promises, the mm-hmm. uh, the Jerry Orbach version that was coming yeah. out to L.A. To, I think it was the Amund Center, the music center, uh, to the Dorothy Chandler, maybe. So that was the week I turned 18, and I auditioned for Michael Bennett. He was amazing, cast me, and then I went in for a Gunsmoke episode, the mm-hmm. same, like the next day, mm-hmm. and I got this episode of Gunsmoke, and I had to decide what I was going to do. So I decided all by myself. My mother said, you, gotta, you have to make this decision. So I decided I would do the, the gun smoke. I thought mm-hmm. I can always go back to the dancing, which was a lie. Could, right. Unless you're going to really do that. You don't go back to that. Yeah. You know, you have to comp- put your focus on that. But I put my focus on this other thing. So a few years later, I went in for Smile and met the casting director. And uh, it was weird because I, by this time, I'd been on a lot of interviews. Uh-huh. And I'd never been on one like this. I was there with pe- girls I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. And l- you know, dozens of them coming in and out and they'd go in the thing and they'd turn around and come back and they gave us forms to fill out like we were entering a beauty contest <laughs> so you had to fill out you know special school awards and special yeah. talents and stuff and I had left pretty much everything like what is this I'm an actress this is stupid I'm not going to do this and I saw these girls come in and out and in and out and in and out I thought oh my god right before they called my name I wrote down uh, that I did impressions mm-hmm. that I did um um, Groucho Marx, a goldfish, and a dead cockroach. Oh. So I go in, and Pat, what was her name? Pat Mock. Pat, Patricia Mock. No. Patricia Mock? Maybe somebody can look up and see who the casting director was. She was great. Yeah. Um, she said, You do impressions. Show me your dead cockroach. And I fell backwards onto the couch and did it. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. It's just yeah. that. So she said, Oh, Michael's going to love you. <laughs> so, oh, God, that's all I wanted to come back and meet Michael Ritchie. That's yeah. really was my, was my goal. So I, I go back and he, I go in to meet him, 
like eight feet tall. He's yeah. such a lovely man. And he said, oh, you're the girl who does the dead cockroach. I threw myself back on the couch oh. and did the dead cockroach. <laughs> it's a winner. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know what possessed me because it was the most ambitious thing I ever did in my yeah. whole life. So he really liked that. He gave me like five. Di- Nobody had seen a script. We just knew it was about a beauty contest. Right. Gave me five different characters to prepare. Mm-hmm. And like a few days or a week or something. So I go and I thought, one of the girls does impressions. I thought, oh, this is the part, Judy. This is the one she, he really wants me to come. So mm-hmm. that, I put all my all my work I did on that one. Mm-hmm. I learned Ernestine the Operator, Edith Ann, you know, all these characters. Yeah. Um, Edith Bunker or whatever it was. So I go back and he said, well, I want you to read The, the, the Beauty Queen, Dor- Doria. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, I'm... I said, I really didn't prepare that one very much. I said, can I do the impressions? He said, yeah. He was so sweet. He said, yeah, since you worked on, do those. Yeah. But I really want you to re- I said, well, can I have a few minutes to go? Because I really didn't work on that one. So he let me. Anyway, uh, and then I went back a couple more times after that and finally, finally got the part of the of Doria. Mm-hmm. Was he videoing or was it just? No. I don't remember. No, this was 1974. Yeah, well, that's what I was. You know, was there curious. was no video. You didn't. Do, you met the director, right? You know, after you saw the casting director, yeah. and you'd so actually you no meet idea. these people who would talk to you and see, you know, if you could yeah. get along together. So, uh, yeah, so that was, and it was so was much. Better. And none of us had the last like eight pages of the script were deleted. We didn't uh-huh. know who was going to win. And did you know it was going to be a satire, or you had? Did you have any? English? Yeah. Had you seen his movies before? Did you know I, him? I knew of him. He, I guess he had done The Candidate by then. The Candidate, but that's the movie my grandfather yeah. did. Oh, that's Redford. right, of course. And so that's a real satire. Yeah. So um, I think I kind of figured it out from the script. And Jerry Belson wrote it. And it's yeah. like everything in the, every line pretty much is like, oh, my God, this yeah. is so fabulous. It's kind of Little Miss Sunshine before yeah. Little yeah. Miss Sunshine. Yeah. But And and uh, tell me about working with Bruce Dern. He's so funny. He was awesome. I, I talked about this. You know, I discovered the movie on television. Oh, yeah? And... It was finally was on TCM not terribly long ago. Well, this is when I was a kid. Oh. So it was one of these movies I was saying in the beginning, like Hot Rock, where you'd be like, oh, that movie's on again. Oh, and right, it would yeah. Be so exciting, because we... It just was such a funny movie, Yeah, you know? I like Hot Rock, too. And it was, it was just at that period where when you're a kid and you start to think you're hip because you, you get a movie <laughs> right? or you, you, yeah. you get that it's a satire. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But how did you like uh, working with... Uh, he was amazing. You know, we don't have much to do together in yeah. the movie because he's the judge. He's always sitting over there. Yeah. But I had... Um, you know, there are only eight of us were actresses. Everybody yeah. else was a girl who had been in a pageant like the year before that Jerry Belson and Michael Ritchie had gone up to see. They were judges at yeah. the... the uh, Junior Miss Pageant, and they were doing research, yeah. or or else they went up there and they got the idea. I can't remember which mm-hmm. came first, but they decided to write this movie, and um, so there were all these girls there, and this prop guy. I left a little cassette. I, I love 10CC, the band 10CC, and I had this uh-huh. little tape of theirs, and I had <laughs> left it. I, they'd call me quickly, and we were in the hall, and we shot this whole thing in this in this auditorium. The 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 um, what was it? Not the Lions, but some play, you know, the, the Shriners. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Some big auditorium in Santa Rosa. Yeah. So I left my little cassette tape in the hallway. I couldn't find it, and I was desperate. And I went to the prop man. I said, I didn't ask him to look for it. I didn't. I just said, if you happen to see a 10cc cassette tape, it's it's mine. Yeah. Just keep, keep. 
feel it into me. You girls, you think? He just went on and on and on <laughs> about, like, I was asking him to, you know, do janitorial work or something. Yeah. And he would, and Bruce Dern, and I was in tears. I mean, this is my first movie. I thought, oh, my God, this is horrible. They, every, you know, you know how it is. So I was running, ran to the bathroom crying. All the other girls had to, you know, it was that <laughs> moment. They had to come take care of me. Aww. And Bruce Dern found out about it. Yeah. And he really let this guy have it. Not in my presence, but uh-huh. I heard later. And yeah. he came to me and he said, if anything ever happens again, you come to me. You know, he was Aww. like, the, our protector was the Aww. sweetest thing. I thought he was going to be mad at me. Like, don't do that to our yeah. prop man. Don't ask him things like that. But I'm turning red as I'm saying Aww. because I'm just, I just remember how sweet he was. Yeah. And then I heard recently somebody ran into him and my name came up mm-hmm. and he said to please give me his Aww. best, you know, and he remembered me so well because I haven't, I don't think I've seen him since. Really? I don't oh think gosh. so. Oh my God, there needs to be a smile reunion. I dare does. My God, Melly Griffith, Joan Prather. Yeah, um, um, Colleen Camp. Oh, Colleen. Crazy Colleen oh, Camp. Oh, she's the best. Anytime she's in a movie, it's like, oh, it's oh, Colleen Camp. So she's were there amazing. any hijinks or uh, with the set, all the girls? Everybody well, looked like they got a little... I mean, everybody did. seems sort of like they're in on the joke. Yeah, not... we had a great time. It was really fun. And I remember thinking, this is my first movie. I'm going to remember. So I would like, yeah. memorize what... the. I remember going to breakfast with Colleen and just talking about how lucky we were to be. You know, mm-hmm. She and I both have like this kind of optimistic outlook on yeah. things. And I just loved her. I thought she was great. And everybody was was, was wonderful. Um, and Michael Kidd was so great. And because I'd had dance training, he, yeah. he made me sort of the dance captain. Not that he, he didn't do the choreography. Wow. Yeah. But he, you know, in the acting stuff, he said, yeah. well, didn't that do that? You know, and it was... Oh, like, that's amazing. It was great. Wow. To get yeah. to work. So then now you're so you're in the night and I I asked this question anyone who was in LA in the seventies, mm-hmm. I'm always fascinated by that experience of what was it where you're going to acting class, where you like what where what were the was there a great, you know, uh, restaurant that everybody, like, where everybody yeah. go to Duke's coffee shop? Absolutely. Like, Duke's is, is that where Duke's, Duke's Travicana. Is that where like people were hanging out and reading about auditioning and you know, it was more in the beginning because uh-huh. I was seeing Bruno Kirby. Yeah. We were together for eight years. And, and because uh, uh, his dad would hang out at Schwab's, his dad, Bruce Kirby. And so uh-huh. we'd go to Schwab's with this, all these Italian actors and, um, you know, um, who else? God, who else was there? But, but yeah, it was – I was studying. I was studying with Peggy, and mm-hmm. um, I was working, though, a lot. I was able to take what I was learning in class and yeah. really apply it. Because it's so hard, nobody can tell you how to do it. You got to figure it out mm-hmm. for yourself. And uh, so I was, I was lucky because I was being able to do both. Um, and we hung out at Joe Allen's on Third. Mm-hmm. We would go there a lot. And Eddie Bagley would have those roller skating parties. Has he told you about little those? Eddie Bagley? Little Eddie Bagley. No, I have not heard about. Oh their- my God! He and Cher. And somebody else oh would rent the, the roller rink, because Eddie's an amazing roller skater. I don't know if you know this. No. He's amazing. Glad to know it. Skates backwards and does all kinds of oh, tricks. Oh, that's amazing. And so they would rent it out, and uh, like every month, one yeah. Monday of every month or something. I never saw Cher there, but I know she had some, th- and you had to have like a secret word to get in. <laughs> And, oh I mean, gosh. there was one night, I'm not kidding, everybody in Hollywood, ev- all of yeah. young Hollywood was there. Everybody would try to come, but usually somebody yeah. was out of town. This night, everybody. 
thought he was there. I thought, oh, my God, if this something happens, we have an earthquake, this place collapses, th- nobody can make a movie. Yeah. I like, have to wait for a whole new crop of people to get old enough to do these movies. That's amazing. It was, it was oh, I loved, really fun. I love things like that. You know where we go? The pantry. So I don't, what is the, the pantry? The original pantry, it's still there. Uh, yeah. It's it is. It's never closed since oh, okay. the time Oh, okay, tell me where it is so I it's can. It's downtown on Fig- Figueroa. Oh, yeah. the pa- okay, okay, yeah. I know it. I've, we would go there yes. all the time. I remember when Richard Price came to town, who mm-hmm. we all had a big, huge, you know, artistic crush on. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruno knew him, and he, he, we took him to the pantry, and we, I, we took John Hurd to the pantry. Oh, yeah, he our was favorite there. John our Heard. favorite John. Oh, God. So then, your other movies that you're doing around this time. Um, are, are well. What do you get? What happens like after after Smile comes out? After Smile, I, I mean, did you have a theme of like, did you want to be in musicals? Or I wanted you, to just keep working. You just wanted to, and act. it was such an amazing time with all these incredible directors yeah. going to me. I mean, I I tested for. I mean, I I I was considered for all those movies. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I went in for everything, mm-hmm. and it was exciting. I remember sitting across from Mike Nichols, you know, who I never saw since yeah uh for that movie uh the fortune wow and he was so kind to me and i was so mm-hmm. obviously not what he was looking for but he spent at least i met um um Ilya kazan for the last tycoon i mean i just wow met a lot of people who mostly didn't hire me but, but that's <laughs> that's what happens you know there were there were so many great young actresses then you know mostly deborah winger would get the parts oh, oh so she was your nemesis Really, because she's know, too nice. Funny. No, Deborah Winger and, and I, I, um, I tested for um, Body Heat, and I was not cast officially. Yeah. But I was the first girl in uh, Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta when John Avildsen was directing. Oh, that would have been good. It would have been great. We we went to discos. Yeah. And uh, I had known John a little bit from um, early on. I I'd seen him audition for Grease for this like traveling company Grease when he played Kanicki, and I thought this kid. It was another one of those. Yeah. Moments, like oh my god, this person has so much more than anybody else here. Um, and he knew Joan Prather. They were really mm-hmm. good friends for a while, and or maybe still. Um, but uh, I'm surprised you didn't get in like the Robert Altman kind of, you know. Well, you know, he had C. Spacek for that, and I, I think I was, I don't know, I never, too. I would never met him for anything. Didn't I don't think I was offbeat enough or or interesting in the way that he mm-hmm. wanted me to be. And then a couple <laughs> of the movies that you were in that then that I started seeing at drive-ins, you yeah. know, like the the Gary Busey movie. Oh my god, fooling, fooling around. around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Robbie Benson movie one on one. Yeah. Yeah. That was a major part of my childhood. Yeah. So w- were those considered genre or were they just considered movies at the time? They were very much part of my childhood yeah. seeing movies like that. I don't know what they were considered. I I you know, I, a kind of romantic yeah, story, romantic coming of, of age. Yeah. Coming of age in those days was yeah. a little more innocent than it was, it, than it was I guess now. So. With I music, know. with a great scene. With, with, with seals with, and crawls. Yeah, with the background. <laughs> yes, yes. That was, that's what. Mostly. I, I believed in that. <laughs> um and when and then uh, okay we have to we have to talk a little bit about now I'm rounding out you know I'm, I'm <laughs> with cat people my one of my again my obsessions growing up I loved cat I love cat people yeah and with John I've talked to John about John heard about it uh, Ed uh, Nastasia 
Uh, and what were your recollections oh my God. of those crazy cats? Well, <clears throat> you know, I, w I was a, uh, I, I didn't have that part originally. Debbie Allen was going to play that part. Oh. And something happened with her scheduling thing. Mm -hmm. And so at the last minute, they, they started to see people. And uh, they, I met Schrader with John Hurd. They mm -hmm. brought John in, and we like immediately just kind of did a scene. And, yeah. and I was kind of cast in the office, which was very exciting and very unusual for me. Yeah. And I loved John. I just, we got along. We, from the minute we met, we were just sort of like buddies, you know, yeah. like kind of brother-sister kind of thing going on. At the time, he was having some tumultuous <laughs> relationship with somebody. With somebody. Uh, who, who knows? knows? Cher yeah. or Margot or one of them. Yeah. Somebody. Um, so, we, he, you know, we would talk about all that, his, yeah. his love life. And, and we went down to New Orleans. And um, I have a very vivid, and it's in, I think in my mind because I was just talking about it the other day. This is nineteen. 79 or 80 I can't mm -hmm. remember when it was and we're down in in, uh, in New Orleans and Frankie Faison this amazing actor was in a scene with me mm -hmm. and he said you want to go to dinner after this I said sure because we were finishing at the same time and he's African American and we're walking through the streets of New Orleans not holding hands just walking together and people were giving us these looks like I thought do I is my blouse all <laughs> open what's going on and they it's because we were um a, a black couple. man and a wo white woman walking together. It was, I thought, what year is this? Yeah. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So that's a vivid memory. Um, but the movie itself, I just, I had a great time. I loved working with Schrader. Mm -hmm. I thought he was, he, he certainly didn't get, go into any kind of detail with you, but uh -huh. I liked it. He, I felt like, well, if he doesn't like, and I've worked with a lot of directors like that. Michael Ritchie was that way too. He's, he would say, just, I have so much going on here. Right. Just do what you do, because mm -hmm. I cast you because I want you. And if there's any kind of problem, I'll let you know. And I mm -hmm. felt that way about Schrader, too. He would tell me, he'd say, 40% uh, mm, less there. Uh-huh. You know, and I'd know exactly what he meant. So that was really fun. Did you have any interaction with Malcolm McDowell? Yes, I did. Not on screen so much. But yeah. Just we, like, we all were at a dinner together and, and uh, you know, spent a little bit of time with him. And I just had such a huge crutch on him. I, if you're from Clockwork Orange, I mean, yeah. that's me sitting in that movie. He's uh, another kind of bon vivant yeah. storyteller, yeah. larger than life. Yeah. It's a great, it's one of my favorite casts of people, like it, I always a, imagine. It was a funny group, and, and Nastasia was lovely. Yeah, I mean, she's just like the height of her beauty. 21 years old or something, or yeah. 20 maybe, and um, she couldn't have been more gracious and sweet. And, mm -hmm. and she would go out, like if she had some time off, she'd go out and buy stuff and bring it to people. And she gave me a little child's toe shoe filled with a potpourri that she found <laughs> in some New Orleans boutique and uh -huh. brought it back and, and just would hand these things out to me. And it was just so dear. And I think John Hurd was seeing her mother for a little bit of time. What? Or they went on a couple of dates. Her oh. mother who was like, you know, 38. I don't know. So, yeah, Hurdler heard there's a lot of, lot of interesting off. Um, and were you afraid of the cats at all? I, we learned from John Hurd that the, well, that he, the, the Panthers, there was a uh, only one panther, yeah. and the cougars were were dyed panthers, yes. which yes. was crazy. Well, the, you could not have a person in a scene interact in a scene <sighs> with uh, a panther. You could not do it. Yeah. So they would dye the cougars black to do yeah. that, and he had to do it a ton. Yeah. There was only, there were only. <laughs> I was never directly in a scene with one. Yeah. Uh, they were. We were separated, or um, um, 
I was looking at one on a, from down, I can't remember, but right. uh, I remember they were bringing one in, and you had to be completely still. They said, okay, yeah. cat's coming through, and you had to freeze. You right. could not move until they, I mean, even a cougar. I mean, you yeah. just couldn't, didn't, wouldn't fool around with that. But I got to play with elephants and stuff I got Aww. to feed, and I'm, yeah. I'm not a snake fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not petrified of them, but I don't right. like them very much. And I have this scene, you know, this montage scene where we're working at the zoo where I had mm-hmm. to kind of like help this snake shed his skin. And they, he tried to say, action. And I was like tickling this thing under the chin. <laughs> and, being sweet. and they say, ah! just kind of rock back on my heels. It shows you that, you know, the inse- that's why people sometimes do dangerous things on well, there's something about doing a movie where you suddenly have no fear, yeah, and then it's you over. You think I am this it's a movie. How could I possibly, oh. uh, you know, be hurt like this? It's a little nuts. Um, now, what does Superman three come next? Gosh, you've got the paper there. I don't know. <laughs> Superman three. Let's see. Uh, yeah, the, the kooky one with Richard Pryor. I remember. Yeah, uh, that was. I was doing forty eight hours and. Um, Superman 3 kind of back-to-back. Right. In fact, I think I left one set and I'd fly to London and go back with a little bit of 48 hours. It uh-huh. was one of those situations. And so how did Superman, because I'm, you know, I, I, Superman again comes out and there's Superman 2. And then there, when you heard about Superman 3, where, how did that, how did you get involved with being in that? I think that they had had me in mind when they knew they were going to uh, write the character of Lana because Margot yeah. was, um, they were being mean to her because yeah. of contract disputes or something, and they decided they were going to show her and right. Lana Langan. Uh, and she couldn't have been sweeter to me. We did have a scene I know, the whole day t- together, and I thought, yeah. oh, my God, why didn't they use this? Why yeah. these, these two women? That could have made that movie really interesting. I've only seen it once. I've only seen most of what I've ever done, maybe once, sometimes never. Oh, really? You don't? Yeah, so it's not like I sit and watch and think. And you know, Well, Superman 3 is the... Is, it's like when they go that route, like, oh, they're going to make Superman weird and bad, I bad know. Superman. That's what I remember about it. Just The, the <laughs> most exciting part was the titles. When I when that music's going on, I see my name in those... I, I got yeah. chills, and I thought, well, I, I can die now. But you, but you got to resurrect your role years later... By coming back on Smallville, yeah, except it wasn't that role. It was a, it was Mrs. that's Kent. true. You know, it was, it was the it was the Superman. Uh, but you uh, can still cycle. you can sort of say you're part of the canon. Yeah, I can. Um, so then, and what are your recollections of uh, Forty Eight Hours? That must have been a fun, another fun set. To it was be great. On. I loved Nick. Oh my um, god, he was great. He he was just amazing to work with. And I remember that Eddie Murphy was like nineteen. Yeah, and he didn't n- understand about. You do a master, and then you do a close-up. He mm-hmm. said, well, we just did that. And now the camera's <laughs> over here. And why, why does she have to stand there? He That's didn't. So nobody wow. had told him, because he was used to three cameras. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, it was kind of amazing. And I remember that they, I loved Walter Hill. I loved working with him. He was mm-hmm. another person. Somebody said, oh, he's a man's director. I don't think you're. Uh, it's like, I like, it's my job mm-hmm. to get into his world and yeah. the way he works. I don't need him to be my babysitter. So I really liked that he was just who he was, and, mm-hmm. and I, I had a great time with him. Um, I, I do know that they, uh, we had shot all this stuff, a whole other ending than I was in quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to the screening, I, it was all gone. They'd gone back and reshot it to make it. They realized it was like the first real buddy movie, that, right. that type. So they went back to make it that way, which is totally their prerogative and fine. It was just odd because I didn't know any of that. Nobody yeah. had ever. I just go and it's like, 
well, I don't remember that in the script. And mm-hmm. when, wasn't I there? <laughs> and well, didn't I say that? Th- anyway, so I still haven't seen that since then, since the screening. I took my mom. Well, it seems like, again, that is the beginning of the time where they start doing screenings and re-adding things. Yeah, up changing and, yeah, endings. You know, where you don't really know. Um, and uh, But why, I mean... Did did you say afterwards, like, well, why didn't you tell me? I've had that ex- same experience. No, I mean, I, there wasn't you. anybody to t- ask, and I <laughs> and I, it was obvious. This kid was magic. It they was were breaking. awesome together. Right. I, I would have done the same thing. The only thing uh, odd was is they invited me to the premiere, and they didn't say, "Hey, by the way, we had to change the ending, and you're yes. not really in it that much." And that would, you know, it would have been nice manners, but so what? I don't care. So, doing all these movies back to back, I mean, did you enjoy becoming famous? Did it, there were perks, or you just wanted to be thought of as a as an actor? Yeah, yeah. I I never thought about being famous or wanted any of that stuff. In fact, I look at these women now, and I don't know how they do it. I do not understand how they can go on all these shows and be so funny and yeah, bright and and. Um, look the way they look and mm-hmm. I don't know how when, how do you have this time to do this well it's interesting because when I was doing my research uh, I found very few talk show appearances for you no did you, did you just I ran go? the other way it's I so funny so you didn't do Johnny stuff. Carson no 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 so funny do you regret not doing Johnny no. at least uh uh-uh. uh you'd have to come on and tell your funny story no see I didn't, I didn't <laughs> want to do that I thought I'm an actress I right. and that was sort of the time when you know you were a little bit above it you were an yes. actress in oh. movies and you didn't do TV you didn't right. do you know a little bit mm-hmm. but uh, but I just knew I'd be not good at it and mm-hmm. why should I put myself in that position and Which, um, by the way you're wrong about because I'm, I'm just sitting here like <laughs> you're so funny yeah you know, oh, but listen, it's been a long time since then. <laughs> a lot a lot of water under the bridge. I've gotten used to to a lot of it. I did do Dinah Shore, who was awesome. Oh, that's amazing. I love Who her. were the other guests on Dinah? Dr. Wayne Dyer, awesome. who gave me a copy of his book, love whatever it. book was out at the time. I yeah. still have. Yeah. What is it called? I did can't. she sing? Was she wearing a maxi skirt? <laughs> was there a lame? I don't remember what I she was her. wearing. I think it was cream, a cream-colored oh, outfit. And she looked she was so great. beautiful. And, yeah. Um, it was really fun. I mean, that that I mean, it was nerve-wracking because I didn't like that kind of thing. But she, yeah. the moment I walked out, she was so sweet. I mean, she yeah. was just like dripping with, <laughs> you know, that southern yeah. wonderful feeling that yeah. I grew up with. So she was very familiar to me. Kind of hot. Uh, yeah. That, that was a great... Uh, the great dinosaur. Yeah, she's um, awesome. So now I I must say, so let's talk about your great love story with meeting <laughs> Michael McKeon on, right. on the set of uh, Laverne and Shirley. Was well, that we didn't how you meet first, on the set. But how did you, so that was, what was the first time you saw him? We both, we were trying to figure this out the other day. We don't mm-hmm. know exactly where. It was either at Penny Marshall and Ron I love Reiner's that you're house. at home trying to figure this out. We were. That's adorable. I see you the first time. Are you drinking cocoa and going honey? Oh, probably. Well, I'm mostly drinking wine, and he's doing something. <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to do a reboot of Adam's Rib. Yeah, that that's would be my, fun. That was. That's my. That would be fun. In, in anticipation of um, of uh, interviewing you, and I'm, I'm you know, because I'm doing research for um, Trailblazing Women. And we're doing a uh, Ruth Gordon. And oh. We're talking about Ruth Gordon. She was married to Carson Keenan. Yeah. And as I'm watching Adam's Rib, I said, I have to, I'm doing it on the air. But I was like, you guys have to do, a, you know, 
if you, if you guys would kill it, it'd be well, so much fun. thank so, you. That would be so really fun. So put that in your hat. Okay. Give me a producer. Yeah, because I have so much power to make these things happen. Um, even if it's a read, you know, a fun a reading, reading. Yeah, that to, would be fun. It'd be really fun. So, so I interrupted. It, no, that's okay. It was either at a, a, a party at, at the uh, Reiner Marshalls mm-hmm. or at uh, a screening. Mm-hmm. Um, in the seventies of something, and he said, "Was it this screening? Did you see this at a screening? I can't mm-hmm. remember now that what the movie was, but anyway, um, so it was one of those two two places. Uh-huh. And I would see him every once in a while. I always thought he was darling and so different from what he was on the show, you know. Right. And I loved the show. I watched yeah. that, and I knew uh, Cindy a little bit, and um, her sister is in Smile, mm-hmm. and we spent like, we became very good friends. Oh, I didn't know that, Carol Williams. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So uh, she's the one with the butter churn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I would just see him all the time. And uh, I knew he was married, but I never met his wife because mm-hmm. she wasn't in the business. And uh, I moved to Oregon because I was married and had two children. And mm-hmm. we, I, I was living for 14 years in Ashland, Oregon. So finally we did this. Uh, they asked me to do this Lifetime movie in Portland. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, I decided I was divorced. I'd been divorced for some years, so and so had he, which I found out later. And so we did this movie called Final Justice. Yeah, I did two movies back to back. One was Final Descent, where I was the, <laughs> <laughs> the airplane pilot, and one was Final Justice. So um, he plays this sleazy lawyer, but Ron Silver was going to play the part, uh-huh. and he turned it down because he thought he'd played one too many. Sleazy lawyers. lawyers, yeah. So the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, who had directed Stephen King's It, which I had been in, mm-hmm. uh, loved, of course, and who doesn't, Spinal Tap. Yeah. It was a major Spinal Tap, you know. And so he wanted Michael to do it, I think, mostly so he could just bend his ear about yes. Spinal Tap. Um, but so Michael took the part, and he remembered, oh, Ned O'Toole, yeah. And we knew he knew the CCH Pounder was going to be in the sh- in the movie, and he yeah. thought CCH Pounder was playing lead, so he couldn't figure out who I was going to play. <laughs> so he shows up because he'd just been on some other set. He shows up, and he had this beard, and I didn't recognize him at first. His hair was really long, he had his beard, and he said, "Annette, Michael." Oh God, I'm off on the wrong foot. Yeah. Um, but we just had a great time. Mm-hmm. We became really good friends. I was still living in Ashland, Oregon, but I was going to be moving to LA later in the year. Mm-hmm. He was seeing someone. Um, so we would just talk about books and movies, what, like like we still do, yeah. And our children, like we still do, and um, so, but he would keep in touch with me mm-hmm. through email, which was kind of like just becoming really a big deal then in 1997. Well, he'd been around, but mm-hmm. for me anyway. So he, every once in a while, he'd write to me and say, oh, "Elvis Costello is going to be on the interview and blah blah blah. He's probably yeah. going to sing this song, you know." And I said, "Oh, great." Um, and then one night, oh no, one day he, e- he emailed me and I said, "How's how's your girlfriend Lauren? How's mm. Lauren?" He said, "Lauren's in Toronto doing a pilot. It's just as well." I thought, oh, oh hmm, that's hmm. interesting. Never, but I didn't have any designs on this man at all. It wasn't yeah. like that. I was just happy to be on my way back to L.A. to work and to see yeah. my friends and to get the girls in school and things I had to do. But one night he called me, like at eleven o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and. I just, I knew. I knew mm-hmm. in his voice. I thought, oh, my God, he likes me like that. <gasps> he does. Will he like me? <laughs> He's just got to. I love it. It was just you like that. You sound like you're 16. I, I love know, it. I know. It's weird. It's it great. Really very fun. Aww. But it's, it's really, um, you know, it was. we really knew right away, both of us. And it yes. was just 
very fast, and we had these two families to combine, and we got married as quickly as humanly possible. Oh, my we, God. I just yeah. got goosebumps. Well, wow. it, you just never know what's around the corner. You yes. really don't. I was not in any way, shape, or form looking for that. Yeah. And what is it that you should you you said books movies so you you laugh at the I bet you you know do you you in, we laugh a lot I always think the secret to a good relationship is if you go to a, <laughs> this is my marker if you go to a party and that night when you're in bed you have to agree on everyone at the party you're like <laughs> oh my god what about the one the, the one with the hair like that what was she thinking you know totally you got to go through it and if they don't see it then I know I'm in trouble I'm yeah. like I thought she was very nice and I'm like oh, okay God. I'm dead yeah. right. no, no that's a very good indication usually at the party so that we're sitting together <laughs> in the corner just talking and talking about them as they're there oh my god oh my god no don't come over here please, please, please. I love that yeah. or doing silly jokes or making fun of the waiter yes or doing we do, all that we do does, all he, does he have any special like uh, you know little bits or whatever that you do um, oh God! We've, just we've... stupid things. I don't know. I had a boyfriend who whatever, we would every time the waiter we we had a, a in joke. So we the long if the waiter would go and it's the it's from Provence and, right. the, and we, <laughs> that would always be our thi- our secret thing. Like we were gonna yeah you know we were gonna like that like why do they think. That if they like it, we are going to like there, it. That's very interesting that you would bring that up. Always in a restaurant, it's something like that. When the waiter comes over or waitress and yeah. says, how is that tasting? <laughs> it just, it's like, it was tasting good to you said that. Because yeah. now all I can think about is your saliva in my mouth. Yeah. It's like, I can't, don't yeah. say that. And so that's the thing with us. Couples Because we're we'll like little... the waiter. Think, well, he's yeah. nice. He's not being yeah. too, you know. Oh, he, I know. Oh, he'll come, how's that tasting? No, oh, you no. said it. Don't say it. <laughs> I hate that. Uh, we have many things. He hates the well, word Well, my art- favorite artisanal. is the, you know, when they, as soon as they go, you know, my favorite. Why, why yeah, should yeah. I care what your, really? what your favorite I, is? I know. I know. Um, and I, so th- that's a fantastic love story. And you're going to do uh, Adam's Rib. And <laughs> yes. you did. You're going to direct Ileana, don't yes. you? I, I will, in a, in a millisecond, I would do that. <laughs> that would be a winner. Um and then, of course, you go on, which is even more amazing. My, you fulfill my fantasy, which is you, then you work together. I know. On the Mighty Wind. I and know. so how was that, again, just you're at home, kidding around, doing songs, and then it leads to like, hey, this is actually pretty good. This is kind of a story I've told before on other 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 places you may t- it'll, um, it'll sound fresh to me uh, yes, oh good okay well we um we worked on a few things together we'd written a script together for this uh, um, show i did called the huntress mm-hmm. and we'd done a lot of readings together and all these things but for a mighty wind um he and and chris and mm-hmm. eugene and Catherine, all of them were writing music for this this and we knew it was about folk and it was about yeah. every other, every kind of folk song that's ever been done um, so I had just started on Smallville up in Vancouver and I go for the second episode, I go, I fly up on September the 10th, 2001. Wow. So the morning happens mm-hmm. and, and before any, we knew any of that, our dog who had just wandered up the driveway, who we just adopted cause mm-hmm. he was like roaming the neighborhood, who was this really, I mean, well, he had his issues, but he was mostly <laughs> a great dog. Um, but he like got really sick and vomited and our daughter oh. vomited. And uh, this morning, everybody was like, there was so much going on. He was having to take care of, then he turns on the TV, says, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I turn on the TV and we're like cities away seeing mm-hmm. all this stuff that's happening. All I wanted to do was get home, but I had to go to freaking second unit on this show and I'm sitting in the 
trailer, watching the sun go down, thinking, mm. well, this is a daytime scene, and I was holding it together until the poor little Canadian PA comes and says, well, we're not going to get you to do you today. Sorry. And I burst into mm. tears because I'd been holding it together to do this freaking scene yeah. all day, and I was just my, I, you know, we were all wrecks. So there were a little, a little group of us, American, I mean, U.S. Americans mm-hmm. there, and just in this huddle about, oh, my God, do you know anybody? And, uh, and you know who was on the, one of the planes was Barry Berenson, who was yeah. in Cat People. She's the girl who brings me the towel in the pool scene. Oh, wow. I didn't know she yeah. didn't remember her. Yeah. Uh, who was married to Tony, to Perkins, Tony Perkins, of course. Anyway. So, um, anyway, I, I, the next day I got in a car and drove home because there were no flights. There was nothing. Wow. I got, and I, just, I cleared it with the, with the um, mm-hmm. guy, what's his name, the unit production manager. I said, I'm going home. If you don't need me tomorrow, right? No, mm-hmm. we don't need you. I'm going home. I'm driving home. I want to be with my family. I thought they were going to bomb L.A. And I thought, yeah. I'm going to die with my family. Mm-hmm. So I, I got there, and they called me and said, we need you tomorrow. I said, I asked you. There are no planes. I can't get there. Michael said, let's go back. He got in the car with me, this rental car. We drove back. On the way back to Vancouver, somewhere between Seattle, Portland and Seattle, I said, I've got this weird melody in my head. Is this, am I making it up or is it something I know and mm-hmm. I'm, I just can't get out of my head? It was da da dum da 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 He said, I think you're making that up. And it, we, had no, we had no phones with a device mm-hmm. where you could record it. It was, right. this, it was 2001. <laughs> so um, I, I, he said, uh, let's think of some way to remember it, a mnemonic thing mm-hmm. to, re- to remember it. So we came up with mm, potatoes in the paddy wagon, da 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 and we started writing a song. I said, well, that's good, but potato has to be a girl. She's a girl who's in a paddy wagon. Mm-hmm. He said, okay. So we get to Vancouver. He records it on something he has up mm-hmm. there. Uh, I can't remember. I guess his laptop. And um, we, we finished writing it there. And he said, I'm going to play this for Chris. He said, I think this could really be useful in a mighty win for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did. I mean, he did. And Chris liked it. He said, yeah, that's great for the new Main Street singer. <laughs> he said to, to Michael, he said, Do you, would you like to write this the signature song for Mitch and Mickey, which the only the only thing he gave him was it has to be about a kiss. Mm-hmm. It is they have to know we have to know whether they're going to wonder whether they're going to kiss or not. So Michael said, "Do you want to write this song with me?" I said, "Sure." So I had two glasses of wine. He did his thing, <laughs> and we sat at the piano and wrote it in maybe an hour, and finished writing it. Walking our our dog Jimmy mm-hmm. around the block, finished it, and took it to Chris. And Chris said, this is a beautiful song. I don't think it's right because it's, it's, it's like a real love song. And Jamie Lee Curtis was there, and she said, oh, no, you're wrong. That's, that's the song. It should be a real song. It should mm-hmm. be. So just in case, we went home and wrote another song called Closer Than Tomorrow, which we still sing and, mm-hmm. and do when we have a little art, little act we do, um, which is like a leaving on a jet plane song. Yeah. But the interesting thing about Because um, of the End of the Rainbow is that when they did it, when, when Eugene and Catherine did it, mm-hmm. Eugene sang the Eugene sang the, the 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 lead what is really the lead part and Catherine sang the harmony. So people because Catherine's voice is more prominent and, mm-hmm. and and people think that's the melody of the song. So I was always kind of upset because when we sing it, I, I we do it our way. And Michael said, But that's in keeping with folk music. Mm-hmm. He said everybody takes a song and makes it their own. They change it up. Mm. 
you know, and do their version of it. He said, so that's absolutely right. So, and then we did uh, the, the shanty song, the, the yeah. um, uh, fair away, fair away. Oh, well, I love, I mean, the mighty wind, I love, and it came around at just the point, you know, because that, that's one of those movies where you think, because I'm friends with uh, Danny Farrington, who's a oh, yeah, guitar yeah. maker, and mm-hmm. we'd go to his shot, you know, and he would always pull out these crazy songs yeah. that we were listening to. And, yeah. And so when that movie came about, it was like, you know, Ian and Sylvia and uh-huh. all the, all the, all those, all the folkies yeah. of that day. It was um, really a fun. And then thing going to, be part to the, of. then my last question is just going to the Oscars and what, what did that feel like? You must have been astonished. It was wild. It was something wild. that you do that's so heartfelt. I know. I was so happy we had each other because I, you know, I I'm not good at that stuff on my own, and yeah. I just I would have been overwhelmed, I think, and way too hard. But he was always there, and we would perform the song. We would go on different yeah. shows and do it, and it was part of the publicity thing. And but it was a year where the songs were really wonderful. Elvis Costello was nominated for a song <laughs> from uh, Cold Mountain. Sting was nominated for a song from Cold Mountain. Uh, that amazing song from Triplets of Belleville. That song right. that's all in yes. French. It's oh, in, yeah. I thought that was going to win. Yeah. And then this song from Lord of the Rings. And the thing was, that now that we're in the Academy as song, you know, because we're in yeah. two categories. We're in acting. We're also in songwriting. So we vote on the songwriting stuff. Ah. Um, and now they send you whole cassettes of all the songs. Then they didn't do that. Right. Nobody who didn't see that movie knew that song. Mm-hmm. They hadn't heard it. They didn't send out a recording of it. So because Lord of the Rings was the movie of the year, and it won everything finally. Mm-hmm. Every I think everybody just, and it, it's a fine song, but I nobody could sing that song. Right. I mean, Annie Lennox and all these people wrote it. The, the Jackson wrote it and mm-hmm. um, Peter. And um, But it's not a song that, I mean, <laughs> the thing about our song was it was a character in the movie. Mm-hmm. That movie was kind of, but their relationship was built around their signature song, which they then hear about and they then sing. Right. Um, the other songs were either over the some a montage or over the untitles or whatever. Right. You know. So I right. thought, well, if we have a chance, it's that it's it's different. It mm-hmm. is sort of what a song really used to do in movies. Exactly. You know? What it what it used to do, like the morning after. And exactly. The side adventure. Yeah. It, yeah. Move the it, it informed the plot. Right. Right. In, in some way. But it was just fun. We had a good time, and I was actually kind of relieved when we didn't win and have to go up there and strut around and stuff. But I, I got to see some friends there. It was fun. But I said, I'll never go to one of these things again unless I'm nominated. It's just too much. You know, I just don't enjoy... I don't I, I don't enjoy competitions over art. I just don't think it's I mean, it's weird because if you're nominated it's thrilling and exciting mm-hmm. and you wanna win. But in general, I just right. think it's ridiculous. It's, How can you say this performance is better than I mean and in a, a prime example is Michael not being nominated for Better Call Saul. Yeah. For what may be the best performances I've ever seen on television, you don't nominate that? It's just a it's just ridiculous the way it's yeah. all uh, yeah, that uh, the television academy is a whole other thing i, think I feel they, like the reward is the is the <clears throat> i don't know my favorite thing is just being on set that's my favorite for me that's exactly it that's why i don't have to watch just the, the movies. minute they call action and the yeah. minute it's cut that's when it's absolutely that's why i love doing theater now I'm do primarily yeah. theater now because it's all about that it's all about this hard work that you do yeah. that you then get to do every night and pr- try to get it 
better or, or, or fuller or whatever you want it to. Oh, we were talking a couple of weeks ago. You were doing you're doing Horton Foot, yeah. which I love. Again, going back to the neighborhood playhouse. Yes. It's, oh my God, oh, Sanford Meisner awesome. and Horton Foot and Geraldine Page came when oh. she was in the trip to Bountiful, which John Hurd was in and yeah. talked to us about Horton Foot, and he would come. Because I think Robert Duvall, that's how he got his his big start, was yeah. working with Horton Foote. Yes, I think he did. I think Horton Foote was the one who said, that's Boo Radley. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I knew I knew Horton Foote a little bit. He would come to the to our class because three of his children were in our, our class. Yeah. Hallie and, and uh, Horton Jr. and Daisy, who's now a playwright, were all in that class. So we all knew one another. And, um, it, it, yeah. Be, and uh, Lois Smith came, who was in mm-hmm. the... the Trip to Bountiful in New York. She's so fantastic. Incredible. Oh my God, Lois Ugh. Smith! It, it, it pops very early on in the movie East of Eden. Yes, she does. Like, who is this? I she know. was so good, and then she I had know. this later career as a kind of a character actress. Yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. I love Lois Smith. She's one of my favorite actresses. Alrighty, well, Annette, thank you so You're much so for being here. Please come happy back to be here. Yes, anytime. Wonderful, thank Annette. You. Thank you. You can find Annette on Twitter at underscore a McKean. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Also, you can buy Ileana's book yes, at Amazon and in bookstores. You should buy it. You should read it. For goodness' sake, I've been telling you this for months now. I know they're out of the hard copies, though. Uh oh, they are. Only yeah, paperbacks. it's only paperback. Really? Also, yeah. look at our Facebook page and the website, <laughs> which is ilianaspodcast.com. But thank you so much, and You're and so and, and go get uh, go buy the uh, the Mighty Wind. It's such a great soundtrack. Yeah, I, I have the soundtrack. It is a great soundtrack. I listen to it all the time. Oh, it's, nice. I still listen to CDs. There's something wrong with I me. I do too. That's I had weird. my I had my car transformed so I could. I've got that thing, you know, because I <laughs> like. What is the matter with you? I'm like I don't like. I want my hard CD. Yeah, anyway, I as I always say. <laughs> Everyone's life is a movie with a beginning and a middle and an end. Today, my movie stars Annette O'Toole. So thank you so much for being here. It's been an honor. I I love doing this. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Bye, everybody. See you next time. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.